Hi, and welcome to Rescuing Churches. If you love pastoral life, ministry, and church revitalization, this is a great place to join the discussion about why the local church matters, how we can help the ones that are in decline, and be an encouragement to their pastors along the way. We'll even get to hear stories from special guests about what God is doing in the church at large. This show is hosted by two guys who serve the local church and is for everyone within the local church. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's go. Hey there, church leaders. Welcome to Rescuing Churches. This is still the official podcast of 614 Ministries. The official. Very official. That has not changed. Very official. And if this is your first time listening to the show, let me take a minute just for some introductions. I'm your host and your friendly neighborhood communications director, Josh. Joining me as always is my co-host and my father and the executive director of the ministry. And your boss. And my boss and the pastor, of a church, Stan Gibbons. <laughs> Good to see y'all, hear y'all, can't see you. And also joining us, as always, last but certainly not least, is the man who holds it all together and makes everything happen, and if we did not have him, we would just be talking to each other. We'd just be in a room, and there'd be no point <laughs> in even right. being here. Talking to each other, and no reason to do that. Our faithful producer and yeah. silent partner, Mike Howard, is manning the knobs at Mission Control. So, if it's your first time here... Thanks for being here. Please make sure that you like, follow, or subscribe so that you never miss a future episode. Somewhere on your platform that you're currently on right now, there's going to be a place to do that. Um, yeah, and speaking of future episodes, we're reaching out to some pretty interesting guys uh, in the church community, um, some big, bigger names and some important people, um, church uh, worship leaders, um, got a couple of big pastors we want to talk to and help them ground us in some good thoughts and ideas. So we will, we will work on that. So today we want to hit this topic of the voice of the local church. And this is something that's been rolling around in your thoughts for a little while. And this idea of the presence and the voice of the church in the local community. And you have a couple of questions here that you, um, I've been meditating on, like, mm-hmm. what are people saying about your church? What do people of your church speak into the community? So what, yeah, what it's kind a, of— it's two, it's two directions. Two directions. The church has a voice in the community, which is what your people are speaking into the community or not speaking into the community, right? If they're not speaking, then people are assuming things. But then the church, the community itself is speaking about your church to others. Um, you know, I, I know several of— People that Tom Rainer and others that do this revitalize, replant deal, one of their initial things to do when they go into a town to help a church, they go to the local shops near that church within three or four miles of that church, sometimes within a mile of that church. They'll hit the gas stations, the quick marts, the grocery stores or whatever. Right. You ask the people that work there, tell me about, you know, whatever so-and-so Baptist, whatever Methodist church. Tell me about whatever. Exactly. You know, tell me about Grace Community Church. And if they stand there and go, oh, no, 
It's kind of like being a secret stopper for a church. Exactly. It's the same exact thing. <laughs> but but they're they're <laughs> listening for what is the voice yep. in the community of the church, and if it has no presence. It's a challenge. No presence, no reputation, nothing about it. Or or, or if it's a negative reputation, that tells you something too. And, of course, you want to do a large – when you're doing that, you want to talk to a lot of people, not just the three three clerks. Exactly. So (laughs) – because uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure our church, you know, if you just hit the three local clerks, uh, some of them are going to know our guys because we do some sure. witnessing in the parking lots nearby. So, um, but it's just important that you, you you recognize both sides of that and think about as a pastor, uh, as your ch- as a church leader, what is our voice? What are people saying about us? And then what are we trying to say into the community? And are we effective at that? And are we getting our voice out there? Right, and of course, Acts chapter two, the the, the original church design. You know, the, one of the things that triggered all this thought with me as I was talking to some pastors about this is uh, reading G. Campbell Morgan's uh, sermon on uh, the the tongues of fire that rested on the early church, and he was challenging his listeners that the tongue <laughs> is for communicating, and it, it it has a voice and it has a presence and and the reason the the on the day of Pentecost there were uh, tongues as of fire they weren't actual fires as of fire right um, the tongue is a voice and the church was started when the Holy Spirit showed up and spoke those voices what actually happened in that original church design you remember reading this is people from all over Jerusalem and neighboring towns with different dialects heard the gospel message in their own dialect so the voice that they heard was the gospel and that was the that was the early voice of the church was the truth about christ's death burial and resurrection and man's need to repent of his sins and that jesus paid for all that on the cross and of course it was extremely fresh at that point jesus had just ascended into heaven and all that but but in the two thousand years that have passed the church is much larger much older um, we should have a stronger voice in the community, and yet, what what do we have? Most churches have almost no, no community presence. Yeah, because because the, they're all about their meeting. They're all about what are we doing on Sunday, and what are we doing for this meeting we're having? We're having a big dinner on the grounds, and that kind of deal. And instead of saying what does the community think about us, we're all you know trying to plan something inside the building. And I just think there's a why do you think some churches fall into that trap? It's easier. It's it's the kind of what we talked about today in our service, but it's it's the it's the easier way to do church. The easy road to take, and and you just call it church because we had a meeting and all of us gathered and we studied the Bible, we talked some good truths. Which is so ironic because that's not the actual definition of church in the Bible. Correct, that we're preaching from. Right, correct, <laughs> so, correct. Yeah, the, there might the, be a little bit of a problem here. Yeah, the assembly is fine, but but the assembly is to equip saints to go do the work of the ministry. Exactly. A point which I woefully missed this morning. Right. Uh, but but the work of the ministry is done by the people who are the church. The people are the church. That's right. Into the community, and when that happens, there's a voice that goes out into the community from your church. Sure. Um, and you just want to sort of figure out what that voice sounds like. Um, really, to figure out that you have to you have to do a little bit of the secret shopper thing at some point as a church. Oh, yeah. you, have to, you have to say, "Hey, what what are your neighbors saying about our church?" Yep. You know. Um, and I've been encouraged in the last several months of um, 
people that don't know me, who I am, mm-hmm. but meet me, they know somebody from our church. And when when I get introduced to them by somebody, they'll say, what church do you go to? They got very curious. What church do you go to? I say, I'm, I'm at Northside. Oh, that's where I know that name. And then they start talking about Northside. Right. And I'm like, so I always go, what do you mean Northside? I mean, how do you know the church? And they, oh, you're the church that helped this family or you're the church that did whatever. You know, you're the church that has this going on. And, and you hear the voice. You hear your voice coming back. And you're going, okay, so we are out in the community. Right. We are making a difference. And it, it's not that we're getting famous or anything. It's just that we're actually present we actually help somebody in the community in something yeah. we we're supposed to yeah we're actually <laughs> present in the community um and i and i'm just disheartened that some churches are really they're just muted in the community yeah. there's they, they do they don't have a voice as you said earlier um and there's coming a time when we're not gonna be able to speak I, i'm you know i don't know how long that is in america i'm not a prophet and don't pretend to for one second understand all the politics behind all that, but slowly but surely they're shutting down a lot of oh yeah true Christianity from our culture. A lot, a lot of our culture is pointing that way. Slowly but surely they're shutting a lot of that down. Yep. And so at some point as a church, we're not going to be able to have the voice we currently have. So we ought to go ahead and ramp it up, get the gospel out there, get our, you know, joy, hope, and peace message out there that, that we have a way for you to have joy in your life and hope in your life and peace in your life. If you'll meet this uh, Jesus that we know, repent of your sins, you can have all that. Yeah, and I think it's really, I mean, with the way that our culture is going right now, just to reiterate what you said, this is something that the church, the local church at large, has such a huge responsibility to do. Yes. And I think sometimes that responsibility is lost on some some of us in the church. It's it's a uh, I mean we're we're called as you, you know, yes. reiterate, you know, I mean you hit it real hard in your message this morning. <laughs> yeah, I was um, a little too passionate. I, well, I'm preaching three weeks, so. I got I got a text from, you know, mom who, you know, was saying your dad's in rare form today. <laughs> oh wow. I, I hardly ever get that text message. Yeah. <laughs> so, in all the years of being a pastor's son, if I if I get the text that says your dad's in rare form with you know three, three <laughs> laughing emojis behind it, okay, just to qualify everybody's listening, I was out of the pulpit for three weeks. We took a little break from a series we'd finished, and I let my associate pastors and them preach what they wanted to and teach some things, and and then I was away for camp. So he was came, not. He was not charged. He was not hopped up on caffeine. He was hopped up on kids camp, <laughs> which is well, that's true. Which is even but more, also also even just, more terrifying. <laughs> Well, but also the topic, you know, also the I, if topic. I'm preaching on grace or the church, yeah. I'm wide open. Yeah. And I, there's, it's like I go to fourth gear really fast. Right. Exactly. And, and I felt the church energy today. Our church had really good eye contact, really good, you know, responses, people, people oh, I yeah. engaged with it. So, man, I just, I had to go. <laughs> yeah. and, <laughs> so. I, and I think the heavy truth of what you're saying for a lot of us is that we miss that responsibility of we're, we're actually responsible for this as the church as the bride of christ you know um you know it's something that we talk about all the time is you know we're the last hope until jesus returns we're the plan exactly so and and i you know i tell the guys i disciple all the time we have the truth and we have the the bible calls sin a disease isaiah calls it a disease from head to foot israel was diseased and we have the cure for that disease why wouldn't we share that goes back to your cancer cure yeah. illustration. Yeah, if you had the cure for cancer and never told anybody, yeah. 
what an evil person you are. Yeah, why would you ever do that? <laughs> if you have the cure for sin and you really won't share that with anyone? Yeah, exactly. Come on. You know, so it's it, it's just so important. You know, when I was a kid, it was the, 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 the youth pastors would challenge us if, you know, if your church bus broke down by the grace of God, if it broke down right before and pulled off the side of the road and while your youth pastor's out there trying to fix the van— you know, some of y'all take a little walk to see what's down the road and you realize, man, there's a bridge down here, but it's completely washed out. It goes into this, you know, huge ravine into a flooded river yep. that's raging. Oh, yeah. You know, you can't let anybody go past you now. As, yep. as a person, you have to go, I got to stop every car that comes by so nobody goes past. Right. You're not just going to stand on the side of the road and wave at them. Right. But I think a lot of us, you know, yep. like you're saying, the sad truth is the church itself doesn't take that hope very seriously we really don't we really don't yeah and we have the holy spirit we have the anointing of the the gospel so you have a list here of four things and i want to go through these with you real quick Mm -hmm. um four things that you should do as a minister so if you're a pastor an elder a teacher listen to this to improve your church's voice the first one is to teach and equip your people on how to share their elevator testimonies and this is something that we do regularly in our church and that we've also talked with other pastors yeah. about through 614. So this isn't just like a north side thing because no. a lot of a lot of you guys just to clarify when you're listening to this podcast you hear the 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 church name north side thrown around a lot. It's just because we both work at the yeah. local church north side years here in Alabama. Yeah, I've been here for 22 <laughs> 614 years. 614 Ministries teaches this and shares this, strategizes this with the other churches that we work with. Well, and it's built off something I learned at Willow Creek in the 90s. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So just how to share your testimony very quickly. Yeah, so summarize some for long, us. Long, drawn out thing. Yeah, summarize for us. Your elevator testimony is what the blind man in John chapter 9 says. It's what Paul says in Second Timothy, in First Timothy 1. Um, he gives his elevator testimony, and it's once I was, yep. and you list three attributes about yourself before you were saved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once I was depressed, once I was angry, once I was confused, and then it moves to um, the second part of it is how I met Christ, and it's always good to put something very specific in there so that it's locked and solid. You know, I met Christ at a youth camp, or I met Christ in, at the altar at a church, or I met Christ at at a friend's house, or you know, one of our guys, several of our guys, I met Christ at Metro Jail, right, right, and and so you tell where you met Christ and a little bit of the how, but it's one sentence. And then the third sentence is, and now I am, it's the transition of your life from one thing to the next. So you end up with three sentences, maybe four, and you can say them all in 41 seconds, 33 seconds, whatever yep. I've timed a bunch of different people doing it. Exactly. So you can do it very quickly, and it's just a way to communicate, God, Jesus made a difference in my life. The thing in the middle is Jesus. Oh, yeah. And I used to be depressed. Now I'm joyful. Yep. I, I used to be greedy now mm-hmm. i'm generous so all of that the ability to communicate that very quickly and very simply very gives, succinctly gives, gives an opportunity for the other person to go so wait a minute you used to be yeah you know and then it's like well what happened and it's 
the really cool thing about the elevator testimony is that it's not this long drawn out sermon. You don't have to be able to preach or write a book or a novel. You to don't even have to be really off. good at public speaking or well, yeah, conversation. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you, and you have to memorize three sentences. Exactly. Yeah. And and I want to say to all of because this is a podcast that's for church leaders in general. I'll say to all of the all of my comms directors and fellow social media managers out there, these elevator testimonies make for great social media posts. I've done several of them. If you will take some real good high quality pictures of your the folks in your church that you know are happy to share their elevator right. testimony and and get get them to give it to you and you write it down or type it into your phone in your note app or something mm-hmm. like that and then say hey I'm going to post this on the church page to later today or tomorrow yeah. and I'm going to tag you and say you know this is Jonathan Jonathan you know loves doing this at our yeah. church or this is so-and-so and she loves serving this way at our church mm-hmm. and this is her elevator testimony mm-hmm. and just put it out there man yeah, that's that once, stuff once I was a hopeless, so encouraging to people hopeless alcoholic yep you know now i'm worshiping and it, re- it what yeah it resonates yeah, with yeah. people it really does and, and i and i like i love that you link to that and just for the pastors that are listening once you train the people on how to do that i could send you literally one email with the form on how we we hand it out and ask our people to fill it out and then just say it in the raw. Yeah, exactly. Get one out and see how it sounds, and slowly but surely you refine that. Exactly. But we sang today in our service. Blessed North, Assurance. Northside, we sang Blessed Assurance, which has the line in it in the chorus, this is my story, this is my song. And my church people know when we do that song, I'm pulling the stops out, going back and going, hey, somebody tell me your story. And yeah. what I mean is in three sentences. Oh, yeah. I don't want your testimony to take up the rest of my sermon. I want three sentences. Which might happen. <laughs> yeah, bam. And you know, several people just popped them right up. Yep. And it's so exactly. encouraging. Exactly. So, so first thing you really need to do is help your people be able to have that voice. That's their voice. That's their story. That's right. And and it comes. it's a biblical model, by the way. When Jesus helped the Gadarean demoniac who was naked and filled with demons and yelling at Jesus in the first part of the story, when Jesus sets him free, the the demoniac, former demoniac now, wants to go with Jesus in the boat. And he goes, no, go tell your story to everybody. Go Go tell them what mercy I showed you. That's right. And so he goes to the 10 towns, Decapolis, around there and speaks of what he did. Same thing with the Samaritan woman. When the Samaritan woman figures out who Jesus is, she goes back into town and tells her story and brings out a crowd of Samaritans who eventually have a revival. That's crazy. Yeah. So so it's really about learning how to—you don't have to have a lot of theology. You just have to know your story. The blind exactly man, right. John chapter 9, once—look, he's telling very rich, very—not rich, but very intelligent lawyers, the Pharisees, look, you know, I'm an uneducated man, been blind all my life, can't read, can't write, can't do anything, except now I can see— once I was blind, I met Jesus. Now I can see Jesus must be God. And they're like, stop saying that. He's like, I don't know what y'all's problem is. Once I was blind, former, right. you know, BC, then I met Jesus. Now I can see. So he has to be God. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to follow him like God. Right. right. Exactly. So your testimony is really that simple. And when you give it, it inspires people. It really does. It really does. And I'll vouch for that. Just working mm-hmm. in the world that I do. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. it inspires the heck out of people. So yeah, it's really good stuff. Secondly, equip your people on how to open up conversations about the gospel. And then we want to throw in a little plug here for Life on Mission. 
you guys. I'll drop some uh, links into the show notes um, for that. The website for that is actually really great. And if you guys want to access any resources on that, just reach out to us um, through email or social media. I'll be happy to hook you up with that. But you'll probably reference it here in a second that that's a good way to start. But what do you mean by equip? Well, you got you got once you tell them how to tell their story, they also need to know how to tell the gospel, um, how to share the gospel and how to create a conversation about the gospel. So you just want to learn what are key phrases that I can use to interact with somebody about the gospel. The three right. circles, uh, life on mission, we call it the three circles. Everybody pretty much calls it three circles because it's three circles. Um, but we use that here, and we've, we've been through it probably three, four, five times now uh, with different groups, with the whole group in different groups. And sort of the one that sticks with me and a lot of the folks that I train is you ask them, um, you you ask the person, how was your day? And that's a conversation starter because in the three circles, their day was either really good or really bad. If it's really bad, it's in the brokenness circle. So so your your day did not go like you want it to. Don't you wish it could be better, which is in the design of God circle, right? And you, talk, you can talk them back to the God designed the world to not be broken, and that's what that's why your heart's broken. That's why you're frustrated today, or whatever. Exactly. Um, so it's just an easy sentence for me to use, you know, to to build into people. I've immediately got you sort of trapped into a discussion about the gospel now because you told me how your day was. If it was really good, you go, man, God designed our, us to enjoy life like that. It's so good when those days go like that. Um, so so there's all these ways you have to figure out how can you get your people to actually start conversations. You know. You know, one of our favorites is when you sit down at, at a meal at a restaurant, you can always ask your waitress when how, they bring the how food. How can we pray for you today? <laughs> how can we pray for you today? Right? And that that conversation of how we can pray builds a connection with you and maybe even a longer connection for us. It does. It's, it's, built, it does. it's built relationships with waitresses. And, and I'll... Yeah. Stay in touch with us. And I'll, and I'll tell you guys who are listening to this, and a lot of you you know know this, but the how and the why questions, and this goes back to my training as a journalist, which is actually really funny, but mm-hmm. how and why questions when you're in the middle of those kinds of conversations are actually really beneficial to people like that because it's not a yes or no answer. It's a, I have to explain something a little bit now and give you two or three sentences. So if you ask me, how can I pray for you, you know, then I've got to flesh out a little bit, mm-hmm. not just a... You know, not, oh, can I pray for you? Yeah, but how exactly? How and so I've got to flesh I've out, learned that. Mm-hmm. flesh out what the request is, you know, and usually you'll get something back mm-hmm. um, mo- most of the time, <laughs> right? right. Um, and it, and then sometimes you can even ask, well, why why are we praying for that mm-hmm. today? You know, once you build the relationship with the person, so mm-hmm. it's always well. Good. And brother John Alls, who's with the Lord now, will do a shout out to Camp Eunice. Just got back from there, one of the camps that he helped build. Um, ministries that he helped build, but brother John all's all his regular question to somebody was, Hey, I'm not from here. Can you tell me how to get to mm-hmm. he- heaven? Right. And w- once you ask them that they go, uh, yeah, exactly. Goes, you don't know how to get to heaven. Of course, now he's going to take you through. He has a, you know, baseball analogy that he uses first base, second base, third base home. Yep. Right. But it's, it's a question that creates conversation. You need to train your people how to have questions or information or whatever. That's right. You know, when somebody in your work portal, in the work cubicle that you work in size, if you can come up with a way to say, man, what, what was that about? You know, and then create a, a good conversation about the gospel into that size, 
You know, you you have a great way to minister at work. Oh yeah, exactly so, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then number three, highlight church members who share their faith. What you exalt in your ministry will grow. Yeah, we're fixing to do this on a for a sort of a grand scale. It, it just occurred to me a while back when I was growing up as a kid, we had missionary reports. Yep. We'd have a missionary show up about every other month to our church on a Sunday, and he had in my day. He had slides and a slide projector. So cool to get to see, you know, foreign lands and where he'd been. This is the jungle he was in, or this is the church he was serving in, in, you know, Germany or wherever. And you're literally watching a slideshow of, you know, pick photographs that he put on slides. Yes, not not PowerPoint, not PowerPoint slides. All this fancy stuff we use today. <laughs> but but I remember watching these slideshows of these missionaries, and then they'd tell you, and these are people our church support and care for. Yep. They would tell you what all they were doing. It's just a missionary report. Well, every member of the church that's saved is a missionary to the town you live in. So I have, you know, we have 65 missionaries to Mobile, Alabama, sitting in service every Sunday. Well, I think it's time some of them give reports. Sure. And I'm going to call them up say, how was your mission week this week? How, how, How did you do? And sharing the gospel right. and discipling people, give us a mission report. And, you know, I'm not going to put them on the spot. Uh, I'll have them prepare. But most people in your church should be able to give a literal missions report of how they're doing in the community. Exactly. So, exactly. Which helps your voice. That's right. And it, it, and it will also encourage the other <clears throat> missionaries in the church. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Which is, yeah. which is a big part like of what you la- want. The ones that are lagging. Right, but what you what you what you highlight in a service and highlight as a ministry team is what people are going to begin to do. So yes. if you're highlighting evangelism, discipleship, and, hi, and when I when we say highlight again to the the leaders who are listening to this in pastoral and communications, highlight it in every way that you can. If you have a way to highlight it on social media, highlight it there too, because you may have somebody that missed church that week. And if they can see it highlighted, mm, on, hey, good. you know, in the middle of the week, I missed church, but here was a, here's a picture of so-and-so that said, here's what they did this week yeah, with their great. mission report. That's great. Fantastic. So, and then lastly, be sure your volunteer core staff are speaking of Christ often in the community. Yeah, very good. So, I mean, that's just so simple that your staff have to model what the example. What you're asking others to do. So they have to reach into the community with their their own story of the gospel, their elevator testimony. They have to be able to share the gospel through a three circles, through, you know, the old walk across the room with Willow Creek or whatever they got, whatever whatever your thing is. Um, you know, if you're a Romans Road guy, get them, make sure they can do the Romans Road really well. It doesn't matter what you're doing. I mean, the Lord's, right. the Lord's behind it. Yep. If it's gospel-centered, it's going to be fine. And, and if it's time for the person to get saved, it's going to be fine. So whichever avenue you like to take, take some avenue. Take some sort of action. Teach your people how to have a voice in the community of the gospel, a voice of truth and hope and joy and peace and light and encouragement. Our society is eat up with depression. Oh, yeah. Just eat up with it. And there's no good news. You're not going to watch the news tonight and feel better about life. You're not going to go to the gas station and pump, you know. That's right. 
some some poor lady the other day at the gas pump. <laughs> I got a big truck, so it didn't surprise me. But when you know she went to fill up, she could not believe how much her little car would hold, right? Dollar wise, you know. Oh yeah, because the price of gas is so high. <laughs> You'll but, just be depressed and frustrated. But she was just miserable, and I was like, man, she just needs the hope of the gospel beyond all that. The gospel, oh, yeah. the gospel's way better, cooler than knowing. You know, than worrying about your economy. Yeah, so way, way bigger than all. And that. the church is, like you said before, Josh, the church is supposed to be the hope of this world. It is. We it literally is. are the plan Jesus has to help people get through the hard times. It's us. That's the right. Church. That's right. So and there's a lot of people out there that are depressed and stressed I'm out. Just right going to challenge you, pastors, and those that are listening to our podcast that are lay leaders in your church. You know, help get your church's voice resonating within the community with joy, hope, and peace. That's right. Clear gospel. There's so many ways that you can Clear do gospel. That. So many ways you can do that. All, all right, right, guys. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope that you found all the content and dialogue helpful and inspiring as always. I'm Josh. That's Stan. Silent Partner Mike. We'll catch you guys next time. You've been listening to Rescuing Churches, a discussion for the local church and its leaders. This show is brought to you by 614 Ministries. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 614Rebuild and visit us online at 614ministries.org. Also, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Thanks for listening.